Good morning, you're listening to The Daily Cast, a podcast to start the day on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne. The weather today, it's a cloudy start, but it should remain dry this morning. By lunchtime, the sun will be breaking through, and it'll be a bright afternoon with some clear skies. Temperatures only getting up to 11 degrees, though, in moderate to fresh winds from the northeast. Our person of interest today is Oscar Schindler, born in Czechoslovakia on this day in 1908. Failing to finish his secondary education because he was expelled for forging a report card, he worked at a number of trades and in his father's farm machinery business, and later a bank. He became a spy for Nazi Germany, in part to feed a serious drinking problem. Eventually arrested for espionage, he was released when part of Czechoslovakia was annexed into Germany. In 1939, he was living in Krakow, Poland, and involved in black market trading. At a time when the property, homes and businesses of Poland's Jews were being confiscated by the Nazis, Schindler took a lease on an enamelware business with the help of the Jewish owner who was about to have it forfeited. From an initial staff of seven Jewish workers, including the former owner, the business prospered under wartime military production and by 1944 it employed over 1,700 people, of whom a 1,000 were Jews. Schindler became wealthy. His employment of Jews was a convenience to him because they were cheap workers with wages set by the occupying German regime. But when the authorities forced the city's Jewish population into ghettos with no facilities, Schindler provided a medical clinic, a food store, kitchen and dining facilities for them at his factory. In March of 1943, the Germans closed down the Krakow ghetto. Schindler was appalled by what he saw and allowed his workers to stay in the factory so they wouldn't come to harm. At that point, from being a committed Nazi and businessman, he worked to save as many Jews as he could from being sent to concentration camps. He claimed exemptions for them as essential to the war effort, and through his contacts in the Nazi intelligence for whom he had previously worked, he was able to get prior information on raids. He spent the fortune he had made on bribes to the Nazis and on black market buying of food and medical supplies for his workers. He eventually moved his factory and the workers to Brunlitz in the Czech Sudanland, and for this he compiled a list of workers to bring with him, which became famous in a subsequent film about his life. By the end of the war he had nothing left, and he estimated he had spent over a million dollars on helping his workers stay alive. Eventually Schindler and his family fled ahead of the approaching Red Army. After some unsuccessful time in Germany, he moved with them to Argentina. He farmed there, but he went bankrupt, and eventually he left his wife and came back to Germany. More unsuccessful business ventures and a heart attack left him to survive on donations from the Jews he had saved from the concentration camps. He died on the 9th of October 1974 and the respect in which he was held is shown by the fact that he was buried on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Schindler is credited with having saved some 1,200 Jewish workers and their families from death. Moving on. After a low-key start just before Christmas, the Kilcullen Community for Climate Action Group has been getting on with a busy programme for 2021. 
Initiated by Cleona Kelleher, the group held its first meeting in January via Zoom and a number of initiatives have already been implemented following that. It's going great. We did the, um, the free book initiative, which we'll probably revisit over the summer again. It's just the weather at the moment is, is a little bit dodgy, but um, that went really well. Loads of people were delighted to have books and um, we got loads of donations as well. And um, Liz has also signed us up to the Water Blitz initiative. Basically, we'll be going out testing water, like testing the Liffey, um, on the 8th of May, I think. So that's going to be another um, climate action. The idea of Communities for Climate Action, the Kilcullen one, is linked with similar groups across the county, is that everyone can make a difference by implementing small changes in their own lives. Using social media, the Kilcullen group has already posted a number of short videos with simple ideas. Yeah, yeah, it's, I suppose, because I'm, you know, my interest is in communicating climate issues in a, you know, a positive way visuals and videos uh, they're easier to digest I think and they, get, they tend to get a better response so I've, I've just put together a few on just around biodiversity issues I did one on recycling um, and the one I did this morning was to do with ivy which I think you know has a bad rep traditionally people think it's you know there's this idea that it's, it's choking trees or taking their nutrients and that just isn't true at all. It's actually a brilliant, um, it's a brilliant source of food and, you know, nesting environment for all sorts of pollinators. So it's, it's actually brilliant. So it's just trying to encourage people to maybe look at it in a different way and, and just leave it where it is. It's not doing any harm at all to anybody. These short videos have also included ideas on recycling, sustainable transport, and one current about moving away from using moss peat in domestic gardens. That one is, is very close to my heart. I absolutely love peatlands. They're just such an amazing, you know, landscape visually, and, and there's so much biodiversity on them. Um, and I think now, with such a, a huge range of options now there's so many more options you know I know when I started considering using peat-free um uh, there, there, were, there wasn't really a great selection and sometimes the compost quality just wasn't brilliant but now there's there's loads of options even Lidl I think had one recently possibly Aldi as well so there's a good price range you know so you don't have to pay a lot of extra money to choose a peat-free compost. So really, it's just kind of, if you are doing stuff in your garden over the summer or whatever, and, and you need compost, maybe just look for one that actually says peat-free. And it just, the idea is just if consumers stop buying peat-based compost, then, you know, there won't be this big drive to continue cutting turf, basically. But unfortunately, the more demand there is for peat you know, the more likely it is that, that retailers will want to keep stocking it and then that just keeps the whole cycle going. So it just, yeah, as I said, it's just to get people maybe thinking, you know, if there's a peat compost and there's a peat-free, maybe just opt for the peat-free one.
you know. Cleona Kelher of Kilcullen Community for Climate Action. And the group is working up some more activities for the summer, including making us aware of the need to conserve water. And there is work also on a weekend event, so we'll stay in touch with the group. Last evening, local TD and Minister of State Martin Hayden confirmed a government decision that licensing fees for restaurants and cafes offering outdoor dining will be waived for this year. This followed, at our local level, from a commitment given to Councillor Tracy O'Dwyer that applications for such facilities will be prioritised by Kildare County Council's planning department. I asked her to detail what the two moves mean. When you apply for Section 254, which is for outdoor dining, um, you obviously pay for the application, but there's a fee depending on what you want to put out. So say, for example, I think off the top of my head, it's €125 per table. So for whatever item, whether it's tables or chairs, you pay for every item that you put out. So there'll be an additional cost, about €1,000 for hoarding. So there are quite a number of costs connected to it depending on what you want to put outside your premises and also um, you have to apply for planning so there's a a cost with that and just a bit of a timely process so I suppose I was tackling it at my level which was the planning level and um, I had to Martin Hayden as well but he was already aware of it that we did we really did need focus on the cost because there's no point, um, was it 17 million, I think, that was recently announced in funding towards outdoor dining for County Kildare. Um, but if businesses applied for this grant, all of the grant could be taken up on just the Section 254 fees. So there'd be no benefit to the business for the grant. So it was important that actually that grant could be used maybe to purchase the equipment rather than paying for the installation of it and the licensing. So we kind of came at it from two approaches. I brought a motion to the council asking that, you know, the planning be made as seamless as possible. And the council confirmed that planning would be made a priority above all other planning applications. Because given the time frame, summer is very short and nearly upon us. So businesses need to know they're going to get the planning fairly quickly. And then from the government level, Martin had raised it um, a number of times to make sure that the the waiver could be applied to the licensing fees. On the planning aspect, does Kildare County Council have the resources to deal quickly with such license applications in the short time before the summer business period? A lot of staff have been seconded into planning in Kildare County Council because obviously um, it has been a really busy department for the last year. Plus, Kildare County Council have a lot of public realm projects on their go as well. So for that reason, a lot of staff have been seconded into planning. And um, what we had asked was that, you know, that these would have... We, we actually didn't ask for them to be made a priority. I had asked that the process just be made as seamless as possible to allow the application come in quickly but actually what the the head of planning confirmed to me was that they would actually have planned to make it a priority they said it's a straightforward application so once a business sends in the application it's pretty straightforward they say on it what they're looking to put outside then that's passed to the engineer's office so in our case it would be the the Newbridge area engineer who would come out assess the area, make sure it's safe, make sure access is still available if it's on a path that people can still get up and down safely. And then that's a quick assessment. Now that's where 
we could it could get delayed and that is a concern I would have because our area engineer office is swamped with work and they're also down an engineer so if it's going to get upheld up anywhere it's with the technical assessment that has to be carried out by the area engineer but you know definitely from Kildare County Council side there seems to be a commitment to really deliver this and all hands on deck. Finally, the move to the outdoor dining summer, which has been flagged as probably the only hospitality we'll have for a while, will throw up other challenges. It's great and we all want to support businesses and we all want to, in the case of Kilcullen, there are a lot of them are family-run businesses, so I'm very keen to support those businesses. But it is going to throw up challenges. It is a new way of doing business and I think it's going to be a very fluid situation and one that we will constantly have to assess as we go through the different stages of it um, and see, you know, is access being hindered? Is is litter becoming unsustainable? Um, you know, how better can we do it? And, um, yeah, so I think it is definitely going to throw up challenges and it is also going to be difficult for some businesses that don't have the facility outside their door Um to put out outdoor dining but hopefully maybe in some areas they can be accommodated elsewhere you know if there's a public space maybe that's near that cafe or near that shop that maybe you know the town each town can look individually and see if there are a way they can support businesses that don't maybe have the facility right on their doorstep. Councillor Tracy O'Dwyer and we'll keep an eye on developments. Now a quick chase-up of other news. Online, the Kildare Nationalist has a detailed look at Punchestown. No, not this week's racing festival, but the vaccination centre there, giving you all you need to know. The Leicester leader is on the same theme, headlining the opening of that centre today. In the Nationals, the Independent leads with a growing Boher charity scandal, headlining the use of fake emails and alleged misuse of donations. There's also prominence to the killing of an Irish national in Burkina Faso in Africa. Conservationist Rory Young had dedicated his life to the protection of animals. The Irish Times has claims from the husband of a critic of the Coombe Hospital vaccinations issue that there are attempts to silence her. RTE is running with Arlene Foster's leadership of the DUP hanging in the balance and the Irish Examiner gives its main story to the Cabinet consideration of the reopening of hairdressers, barbers and non-essential retail, and this is against the background of the radical overhaul of the vaccine programme announced yesterday. All these stories have a way to run yet. In the meantime, that's all from the Daily Cast. I'm Brian Byrne, this is Kilcullen Diary, and thank you indeed for coming along.